welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Good evening, my name is Hannah and it is such a pleasure to be with you this evening and to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Christmas 2020 is coming, friends, and what a year it has been. This Advent season has been like no other. The Advent season is marked by waiting, expectancy, hope, but not yet fulfillment. And in that sense, maybe, maybe it feels like we have been in an Advent season for quite some time now. It's been a long, slow, difficult, scary, confusing, painful time of waiting, of hope ebbing and flowing. And I wonder as you sit this evening, wherever you are, tuning in to a carol service, maybe feeling comforted by the familiar songs and yet discomforted by the unfamiliarity of not being able to be here together of not hugging one another or putting on our antlers and having a paper snowball fight like we've done in this service for years. We're still waiting. And in the stillness, maybe even darkness of this Advent moment, I want us to tune in together tonight to the whisper of hope. You see, Advent doesn't last forever. Hope is on his way. Now you may or may not be familiar with the Christmas story. If you're not familiar with the events that inspired this season, the whole thing centers around a couple called Mary and Joseph who receive the news that Mary, despite being a virgin, is miraculously pregnant. And the message given to Mary from an angel named Gabriel is that the child that she's carrying is the son of God. The God who created the universe and everything in it chooses to become a man, to be like you or I, and steps into the world. Mary gets this message from the angel Gabriel, and history tells us that what follows is the birth of the most remarkable man to ever live. Jesus grows up to become the most famous moral teacher the world has ever known. He does vast miracles, healing everyone who comes to him for help. He calms storms, multiplies food, even raises the dead. At the turn of this century, Time magazine described this Jesus as the single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all human history. God puts on flesh and steps onto the stage of human history. And he blesses the poor, the downtrodden, the forgotten. He gets criticized by the religious elite for eating and drinking and being friends with sinners. History then tells us that this rebellious rabbi with a big following of all the wrong sorts of people is crucified on a Roman cross. What the Bible tells us about that historical moment is that Jesus wasn't just killed, but died willingly, choosing death in order to pay the price for the sins of our world and save each and every one of us, ending death forever 
and reuniting us in our brokenness with God in his holiness. That is what Christmas is all about. Because Advent doesn't last forever. Hope is on his way. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And this year, as I've been reflecting on the Christmas story and all that unfolds, there's this one character that I keep coming back to and thinking about this year. And he appears right before Mary becomes pregnant with Jesus. And he's a relative of hers named Zechariah. And I think one of the reasons that I'm drawn to Zechariah's story this year is that as his story begins, Zechariah is in a place of disappointment, of sadness. He's lacking in hope. And I wonder this Christmas, after this challenging year that we've all had, I wonder how many of us feel in a similar place tonight, disappointed, burned out, and lacking in hope. The reason Zechariah is hurting is because he and his wife Elizabeth haven't been able to have a baby. And now they're at an age where it feels like it's too late. What Zechariah doesn't know is that he is going to have a child and that this child would go on to prepare the way for Jesus, the saviour of the world. So right before the angel Gabriel goes to Mary to tell her about Jesus' arrival, he comes to Zechariah and he pays him a visit while Zechariah is praying in the temple. And this is what happens when Gabriel arrives to meet him. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple because he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. Zechariah is given the most incredible promise from Gabriel. You're going to be a dad. And not only that, this child is going to become a major player in the salvation of the world. And Zechariah, to be fair to him, he raises some logistical concerns to Gabriel. How can I be sure? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. Elizabeth, I'm wondering if she was a little bit happy that Zechariah is not able to talk for a while after saying that she was well on in years. He says, how can I be sure? 
It's a reasonable question, isn't it? In a lot of ways, sensible even. Proof is often easier than hope. I wonder if for some of us listening to this message tonight, listening to the songs of the Christmas carols, which talk about this Jesus, this great news of great joy for all people. And we hear it and it sounds like good news. These are things that we want, but each time we hear it, the question just crops into our mind again. How can I be sure? Maybe you have a friend or a family member who has told you about Jesus and you're intrigued and interested, but how can I be sure? Or maybe you used to follow Jesus, but something has happened and you've lost your way and, and you've heard that he wants you and he wants to welcome you back with open arms, but how can I be sure? Maybe this year, more than ever, we know that we need some good news. We're seriously in need of hope, of someone to rescue us and show us the way. But how can we be sure? Well, I think one thing that's fascinating is that this year has in some ways shown us that we can't really be that sure of all that much. A lot of things that we rely on that make our world normal and safe and secure and supposedly reliable they disappeared overnight. And no one standing in this building last Christmas could have predicted what this year was going to hold. So there's a lot of things that we were sure of that turned out to be not so certain after all. In a world of uncertainty where everything has been shaken, there is one sure and certain hope. And he came in the form of a baby born God become man to rescue us, redeem us, and show us the way home. And the hope that he gives, the hope that I have entrusted my life to, the hope, that hope is one that you can be unshakably sure of. Gabriel hears Zechariah's question, and his answer is this, I have come here straight from the presence of God. The message can be trusted because the messenger has come straight from the source of all truth and hope. Little does Zechariah know that within a very short time, humanity would no longer need an angelic messenger because God himself was on his way with a hope that would not disappoint. Zechariah is then made silent for the duration of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And as he leaves the temple, we get this kind of comedy moment where he has to try and explain to all the people waiting what has happened, but he can't speak. And so the Bible says that he tries to sign and make signs and gestures to explain to them. I'm fascinated to know what kind of gestures he would make to relay that whole message. Perhaps he is the father of the Christmas charades game. But I've been thinking lately about Zechariah losing his voice for a time. And wondering if even amidst that challenge, he was given an invitation to lean into wonder. You see, what happens when we stop talking is we start listening. And after this, for the best part of a year, Zechariah listens to his wife's joy and amazement as her bump begins to grow. 
He listens to the people around him rejoicing at what God has done for them. He listens to the whisper of hope as he thinks back to Gabriel's words, your son is going to make a way for the Lord. In the restraints and the restrictions of not being able to speak, he listens, he waits, he wonders. This Christmas as we face a lot of restrictions, I don't want to diminish how incredibly challenging or painful that is. But in the midst of all that we're facing, I wonder if there's some invitations amidst our limitations to wonder, to pause, to be unusually quiet for a while, to lean in close and listen to the whisper of hope. If heaven is speaking to you today, are you listening? Can you hear him? Nine or so months later, we fast forward in the story and the promised baby is born and all the neighbors and the relatives gather together as they go to name the child. And they should have been naming him Zechariah after his father, this was the custom. But Elizabeth stops them and she says, no, his name will be John. Now this is totally out of left field in this culture. This is Zechariah's child. This is his legacy, his heir. And after all these years of him thinking he wouldn't be able to carry on his family name, finally this miracle child arrives and Elizabeth is like, we want to call him John? This is totally unheard of. And the, all the relatives and neighbors are like, Zechariah, your wife has gone rogue. We need to put a stop to this. Tell her to name the child after you. Zechariah goes and gets some writing materials and everyone falls silent and gathers around. And he simply writes, his name is John. He remembers the prophecy that Gabriel gave him and names his child John. This is such a powerful moment of total abandon to God and trust in this child's destiny. His fear has turned to faith and immediately he's able to speak again. And what does a man who has been silent for almost a year say? He begins to worship God. In his silence, he has heard hope and he has grown in joy and awe and wonder and he can't help but begin to praise God and he gives the most amazing prophecy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives so we may worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. After nine months of listening, of quietly leaning in to hear from heaven, Zechariah speaks about salvation, redemption, light and hope. Zechariah has gone from a place of doubting to a place overflowing with hope. What has happened in his heart in that space of time? What might be happening in your heart during this difficult time? The sun is rising, he says at one point, for those living in darkness. And within a matter of months, this hope arrives on the scene when another baby is born and he is given the name Jesus. 
God humbled down to become a baby who will become a man, who will die in order to save humanity from our sin and shame and show us the way back to God. The people living in darkness have seen a great light and his name is Jesus. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I'm not sure I've ever known our world to feel more weary than it does this Christmas. But today, the thrill of hope is ours because the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and his name is Jesus. The people who are hurt and broken have a healer and his name is Jesus. The people who are lost and weary have a hope and his name is Jesus. The people who are fearful for their jobs have a provider and his name is Jesus. The exhausted frontline workers have a rest place and his name is Jesus. The overwhelmed parents have a strong tar to run into and his name is Jesus. The lonely and isolated isolated have a comforter and his name is Jesus and wherever you are today may your soul feel its worth because you are seen and known and loved and rescued by someone and his name is Jesus. When Zechariah stepped into the temple and met Gabriel he was stuck in the question how can I be sure? When he returns to the temple to name his son, Zechariah has found the answer to that question. The answer to all our questions, all our hopes, was about to step onto the scene because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. As you stepped into this carol service today, metaphorically speaking, of course, Perhaps you stepped into this carol service as someone stuck in a question. But today we have the invitation to leave this carol service as people who have seen the answer. Because hope has a name and his name is Jesus and tonight he is calling your name and speaking hope and future and salvation over your life. What if this Christmas we were silent for a moment and leaned in to listen to hope.